Hey, this is Tudor. Can you fit 5 years of the ITSM2 project in 1 hour or so? It turns out that yes, you can. What you are about to hear is Gosia Witkoskaf's story about herself and this project. We planned for less than 1 hour, but we took around an hour and 20 minutes. I promise that you won't get bored, not even for a minute. You'll find out about Gosia's origins, how her passion for IT was born, her first job, how she got into IBM, and what she did for the Vros Club Delivery Center, when and how she got into ITSM, the way she started and left the project, and what future holds for her and for the IT industry. And if you are wondering why we did this, it is because we wanted to capture the history of these five years, the personality of Gosia, and the great work she did for IBM and for this project. We didn't want for her story to be left untold, so enjoy. Hello, I am Todor Sojka and this is actually the first record of a podcast without a name yet that has as a mission the telling of the story of unsung heroes of IT. We really want to find out who are these people that keep the 21st century running, what makes them tick, where do they come from, and so on and so forth. But until we get there, I'm here in Brussels with somebody that once asked me a very tricky question. What's your superpower? We're sitting face to face with a person which I call Mrs. Wolf. For those of you that don't know the reference, Mr. Wolf is a character from Tarantino's Pulp Fiction movie that introduces himself like this. Hello, I'm Mr. Wolf. I solve problems. So, if you ask me what is my MVT superpower, I would tell it very simple, exactly like this. She solves problems. Gosia Witkoska, old friend, hello and welcome. And thank you for accepting to do this. The reason I wanted to do this first show with you is very simple. We worked together in the last five years in the hot drama soap opera called the ITSM2 project, a project that is keeping the trade in the single market and the European customs operational. My team manages the application, your team manages the infrastructure, simply put. And the reason I wanted to have this sit down and talk is exactly because of this. You are an unsung hero fighting day and night to keep the trade in Europe flowing, and I do believe your story is worth telling. So thank you very much again for accepting to do this. Welcome. Thank you, Tudor. Welcome. Uh, let's start with the um, <laughs> uh, with the easy part or the complicated part. Were you born in the communist? Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay. What was the childhood? Uh, you are you are Polish, so what was the childhood uh, back in the communist period? Uh, how was uh, how was different from the way the child uh, the child the child the children today live it? Uh? Definitely, we were playing much more in the backyards, so, so for sure we were not uh, spending the time at the computers, so, so there were a lot of relationship at the area with your colleagues, friends and so on. Uh, we were spending days outside, so playing all the time, imagining different games, whatever you could have. Then that's more or less from, from, uh, from the perspective of uh, not being at school. In the school, I had a chance to be uh, partial in the school, which was still in the communism time. So it was more um, saying what you should think. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the elementary school, the change came. And uh, I switched somewhere at the end of the elementary school, which was around eight classes. So seven, eight classes, it was changed. And then we started to think, oh, we can think freely. And then the high school came. So that was more or less uh, the times, and yeah, 
in school I was doing a lot of funny things, for me at least. I was in scouting, so Polish scouting, which was uh, giving me a lot of adventure around uh, seeing the Poland and making a lot of fun stuff. I was doing, also, I was training also the handball for many years. I don't know now how I did combine school scouting and making a handball, but maybe that's explanation what I am doing now, right? Yeah, actually that was uh, something I wanted to ask you because um, in Romania. Um, the way they designed back, back then the, the uh, educational uh, environment, they made a very clear difference between the boys and the girls. I don't know how it is now because I don't have kids. Mm -hmm. But uh, what they were doing is that they were, they were delimiting very clearly the difference between boys and girls. And I will just give you a, a very simple example. So we had uh, on a weekly basis uh, uh, around two or three hours of uh, what they call practice hours. Mm -hmm. And the girls uh, were cooking in class. Uh, actually, they were doing whatever you can do by bringing the elements mm -hmm. of without having uh, the uh, the proper tools to cook, and the boys were uh, taking to shape metal and, uh, and stuff like this. So, was that the same uh, for the for the Polish uh, kids or uh, that was at different? least in my school not so much. I mean, it was really co-education co school, uh, but we had these classes where we had to cook. We had to make some handworks like with the hammer and all the things, but uh, kids were equal. So if we were cooking, the boys were cooking as well. If the boys were using the hammer, we had to do it as well. Okay. And so, so the only split was at the gymnastic classes. So that was uh, what they did. So we didn't, at least I did not experience such a separation at that time. What about high school? Uh... What kind of high school did you do? It was a real one? Uh, yeah, that, that, was the... that was a real high school, uh, so it was the general one, because that was not like a technical school or something, it was just, uh, we have we had that at times, still we do, the general high school, which was four years, and after that you had the graduation, uh, matura. Uh, yeah, at that time I started to travel even more, I was really discovering the, the world and doing some things with the friend, I think, with like everybody with a teenager. What for sure shifted that when in the elementary school I was a very good student. In high school I was more focused on having some discovery of the world but also keeping eye on the grades but so but it not, was not as high as, as in the elementary school. I personally took a uh, it was an informatics school mm -hmm. and uh, yeah actually that's where I shared my passion for, uh, for IT so my passion, passion for IT started actually beginning of high school. At that time I got my first computer. Then I was still playing with the computer only, just keyboard and just organizing some things. Then I met a few colleagues and one of them was crazy about the computers and I think that was something where we started to discover the inside of the computer. But do you remember your first computer? Or? Yes, it was uh, AT, uh, IBM. Uh, two eight six, P first PC which was yes, yes, yes. Uh, which was. Uh, My first PC was a Romanian PC, but actually yeah. the the processor were, was were, was a Z uh, Z eighty eighty, yeah. so it was uh, produced under license, <coughs> and uh, it was running um, a system, an operating system, a proprietary operating system, and you could have programmed it in uh, in, uh, in in not Visual Basic in Basic. Yeah. yeah, my first computer didn't have a memory, or it had a little bit of memory. It didn't have a hard disk. It was only big floppies. Yeah, 
and then I was five very, inch floppy. Yes, and then I was very proud to get the hard disk, which was like forty megs. Wow, wow. that was something I mega storage. Uh, mega storage, yeah. But I remember when you asked about this IT part when it started. So one of my friends was freaked about the computers, and I remember one day my mom came home. He just ran away to her and said. Mrs. Mrs. Please don't come into the room. So you know, you can imagine you have a teenager, two female and male teenager at home. You think of something else. Huh? You think about something else. And my mom ran immediately into the room, and then what she saw, the free computers totally dismounted. Okay. And we were just playing on the floor, putting the elements together. And he said, "I told you, do not enter here." And she said, "Who?" <laughs> that was that was like uh, first symptoms of the IP. Yeah. But I remember uh, uh, the uh, Romanian computer, which is, was called Felix. Mm -hmm. Not Felix. I don't remember the name. It's so, so long ago, I don't remember the name anymore. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, in order to load programs on it, you had to use a tape recorder, and the mm -hmm. programs were coming on, on tapes. Like Commodore? Yes, exactly. Like, uh, the same principle as it, as it was for Commodore. And, uh, you're, because at the beginning of each uh, program, there was um, a certain tone to synchronize the modem mm -hmm. of the of the computer with the with the um, uh, game. So you are becoming expert in here, you know, listening uh, the pitches and, and uh, adjusting the, the reader mm -hmm. of the of the tape recorder. And uh, the most disappointing disappointing moment that was after 15 minutes when there were only 20 seconds to go and the the computer would have printed uh, uh, load error uh, was released. Yeah, at that time we also, at the high school, had a nice trip to the university to see the big computer. What university? In Wrocław? Uh, yeah, in, in Szczecin, my home city. And I remember that we were sending mail to USA. That was something. Pretty cool. And it was like, cool. oh, nobody's answering yet, they are sleeping there yet. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> so that was really funny time. And they they had a, an old computer with. A... Yeah, it was some old computer. I even don't remember, but it was like uh, something new because at the university they already had a network connection, mm -hmm. so they had it connected with USA, and uh, they were just exchanging first emails. So, so that was really really old time. It seems like it was a very long time ago. Yeah. Right? Actually, it's not that far away in time. Uh, yeah, and then we, we started, are not that old yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then we st I started still in the high school to play with the modems and started to connect to internet. So then the, the fun started. So this is how the passion uh, for IT yeah. was born. So what did you do next uh, for university? Well, then I started. I applied for the IT, but then I had some change in the situation of my life, so I had to drop it for for a while. And then I started to do works around the computers. I then discovered a lot of passion about the building a website. So I really started to do like a freelancer some works about building the website. Then uh, I also continued this manual work with the elements of the computers. So I started to fix the computers. So typical administrator work. Mm -hmm. Linux or uh, Windows? Uh, uh, mostly Windows, but then I switched also to Linux. So, so that was. Uh, uh, I was like multi-systems. Then I found uh, first job where I was more IT operator so, so, or administrator because I was the alone person so I did everything. Yeah, and that's how it started. And then uh, meanwhile I said okay, time to do the IT so I also started to study IT. 
and uh, I went to the Technical University of Szczecin to the computer sciences and uh, with the networking specialization so I, I have a degree with uh, building up networks. There was a book of network about networks, uh, Taubman, something, Taubman, sounds familiar? No. Yeah. It was, a, it was a, uh, a famous book, we had it uh, in our curricula in university. It was called, I think it was called very creative, in a very creative way, Networks. Mm -hmm. But it was, uh, it was talking about networks with uh, tokens, you know, the old uh, type mm -hmm. of uh, networks. Uh, no, no, it's just... Uh, I, ring I, network with a token. Yeah, uh, that, but that's, that's pretty old. <laughs> that's network. pretty old, yeah. I don't know yeah. why we studied it, because it was old back then. Uh. Yeah, but uh, I think you need to know the basics. And I remember when I went to the this university, even if it was, uh, this was already an era of C++ or C++, they still teach us uh, to work on the assembler. Okay. So, we also did the yeah. assembly. Yeah, Actually, so. it was um, uh, at the end of the term uh, of a uh, semester. Mm -hmm. We had a project to do and we had to program in assembly mm -hmm. yeah, to use the machine code uh, to make a small program that did something. Yeah. That was very fun. Uh, yes, then I found a job. Uh, but do you remember your thesis uh, just before uh, this? Do you remember what thesis do you have yes. for, uh, for the university? Yes, about the synchronization of the um, personal information between the different systems. So if you have a distributed environment like Linux, Exchange, uh, uh, sorry, Linux mail systems, Exchange, some contacts, there's also this uh, domino mm -hmm. from, uh, and there was also some other, which I don't remember anymore. Uh, so I was building a system which was doing a synchronization to put it in the one organization so if you had a mail systems exchange or other mail system which were also holding the contacts so i was putting the story how to put it together and have it like like a one uh, consolidated address book and the organizational book of of all this information mm -hmm. so that was my very cool yeah, it was really a lot of fun. How is the thesis in uh, in uh, Poland? You have to present it uh, in an oral way, I suppose. Uh, yeah, you in front have of the to commission. Uh, yeah, it depends of what uh, you how you study, but when you do the engineer, because in Poland the bachelor, technical bachelor is an engineer, so then you have to write a more practical thesis. So also with some scripting and all these things. And then you build based on that the theory, some work, uh, the story about what you did, plus coding, explanation, what does it, uh, and so on. And then at the end you do, did the presentation, you have to uh, explain what you did. They are asking you some questions from your thesis, plus some questions from your university subjects. Okay. So that's how you... And do you have also a written exam? Or? Back in my time there was also a written exam. No, no. no. So basically, you you are supposed to take two tests: one for the core of yeah. uh, what you are uh, preparing to do, and one for the specialization. So here, not in Poland, yeah. you had no you have normally that you make a thesis. Doesn't matter if it is bachelor or um, master, and then you have at the end the, the dissertation. Yeah, so, so you yeah. have the final exam, which usually consists of few questions and. Uh, one, I think one is from the thesis, and there are some from, depends on the university, some from your uh, subjects on the, st of the study. 
Okay. So what was next? Uh, what was your uh, first job in IT as a young graduate? Uh... So I said, as I said, I started kind of freelance. Then I worked for the small company, which was not very good, but okay. It was doing... Uh, it was an experience. Uh, it was an experience. And then I got a job at the university as an IT administrator. So I was running the whole IT uh, infrastructure for the one of the faculties. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was basically everything in IT. So it was uh, from helping secretaries to manage their office, to uh, making uh, design of the network, installation of the network, even putting cables in the walls, uh, building up the server room and all these things. So, so it was really a full scope of the IT. But that's, I think that's, these are, at the beginning, the best experiences. Yes. Uh, when you get to do everything with your hands. Uh, yeah, that's and you, true. you get to see all the sides. Uh, yeah, that's true. So, so all the IT uh, was in my head. Meanwhile, I met my husband. My husband, we started to work also together over there. And then uh, after, I think, five years of working there, I started to look around and I found the next opportunity. Okay. Next opportunity was IBM? Yes. Okay, okay. So how did you arrive in IBM? Well, I started to look for something more interesting and then uh, I found out on one of the job portals that IBM is recruiting in Czech Republic. And I said, why not? We applied both into the Czech Republic IBM Delivery Center. So surprisingly, they called back. Uh, they called you back huh, for the interview. Because there is this myth uh, that you apply for nothing, nobody calls you back, but that's not true. They were calling us. They were calling, huh? Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I think I was lucky because uh, apparently I applied for, to the agency which was recruiting for IBM. Yeah. But not the contractor's agency, but this was really headhunting yeah. uh, agency. And later when I went through the interview and I got approved, when I arrived to IBM, I realized that time that I got a, one of the first permanent contracts for IBM Czech Republic because at that time they were hiring only contractors. Mm -hmm. So they were hiring like from Manpower or Natec. And we but that was for Prague, huh? not for, for uh, Brno. For Brno, okay. Yeah. Because they had a huge delivery center in Brno. In Brno. So it was one of the first uh, delivery yes, centers. exactly. So I think it was existing like for three or four years doing some small things. And then in uh, 2005, they, they started a huge growth. They, they, they were really hiring 100, 150 people per month. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was really like you would come with the trains and uh, people were just looking around, wow, what I'm doing here? There are 100 people on the welcome day. Uh, so yeah, that's how I arrived in, uh, in IBM in Czech Republic, which was really interesting experience because for the first few months they were just putting us on the trainings because they did not, later I learned that they didn't know what to do with us and they were just building a critical mass. So based on your profile, uh, in theory you should get trainings to, to strengthen your skills, but because there was... I think it was the beginning of the, of the global delivery strategy. Yes, so. exactly. So they, they put us for two months for different trainings. I went for different. I did uh, Windows, Linux, Oracle, SAP, uh, AIX, uh, both levels. So, so really it was multiple amount of uh, courses which, uh, which I went through before I got assignment to, to the future team. Okay. So what did you do first in IBM? 
Nothing confidential, so SAP, just tell us. SAP. <laughs> SAP systems, but uh, that was the team which I did not stay for long because uh, the team was very small. It was mostly uh, having the Czech people and they were not so keen to speak in English. Okay, okay. So and you are not really speaking Czech? I was not Czech speaking or... Czech at that time, <laughs> so uh, it was a rather tough experience because whatever I wanted to get from them, it was, they were just speaking mostly Czech, they were answering some small pieces of information, then after uh, some months of uh, really huge challenge, uh, I asked my manager to change the team because I did not feel com uh, comfortable over there. And then uh, I chose the team of uh, emailing, some group or team, uh, working around the exchange, Lotus Notes and so on, so there were different groups. And I moved there and that was something what I really felt comfortable because of my background, of my experience, so I could really start to grow over there. Cool. Yeah, so that's, that's, but the first steps were really bad. <laughs> Sometimes it, uh, it goes like this, uh, you yes. just don't fit. Uh, exactly. Regardless of uh, where you come from. Uh, it happened to me, huh? it happened to me. Okay, and then, when did you get back in Poland? Uh, was the delivery center in uh, Wrocław already working or...? Uh? No, it was just starting. So, uh, when I started in IBM, I was first technician for a couple of years, then standard path of becoming a team leader. Once you are the team leader of the group, uh, you'll start to think about becoming a manager. Uh, so I was placed on the leadership uh, path. It was, uh, I think it lasted like one and a half year. And uh, when your manager decided you are ready, you were going to leadership development center. So it was like a three days assessment. I remember that um, in, in, in Austria, right? Uh, or not? You could have a different location. So like for having, Romania it was in Austria. And for Czech Republic it was mostly Bratislava. Mm -hmm. So I went for this leadership assessment center. It was uh, interesting and horrible experience because after two days of different exercises, you were totally brainwashed. You did not think, feel or think anything, but I passed that. So, so I was able to go for the manager path. And in the same time, more or less, they started to uh, recruit in, uh, in Wrocław. And uh, I was one of the first people who were actually recruiting to Wrocław. So I was coming from Brno to Wrocław to make the interviews. And to start up the delivery to center. To start up the delivery center. So it was still in 2009 when the delivery center was not existing yet. So they were just starting really end of the 2009. And beginning of 2010, I moved as a manager, first line manager, as part of the delivery, uh, of, as part of the leadership path. So I moved to the, the role of the manager to Wrocław. But the, the decision to start the delivery center in Wrocław is pretty wise. Huh? I mean, uh, it's a large uh, university center, right? So Yeah, it is. It but, is. Uh, but on the other side, it's also not the cheapest one, which was a very strange criteria for uh, IBM to choose, because actually Wrocław was not the cheapest one. and. It means that you could not be so low cost as they were expecting. So uh, this was also the challenge to find the people with the salaries which were foreseen for Wrocław. For yeah. okay. uh, so we also were struggling. I remember one of the first interviews they did uh, in a hotel. So we even didn't have a meeting rooms. So uh, we, hired, uh, we rent the rooms 
hotel rooms, like yeah, like this, this one. And uh, I was sitting at the table, and the doors were just opening and closing, opening and closing. And people, after ten uh, people, you do not recognize the faces. So I was drawing the faces on the CVs, <laughs> some specific uh, to things remember. to remember because the CVs even didn't have a photos. Yeah. So I was trying to somehow match the person, what is specific, so to I could remember. And uh, yeah, I did it like for a couple of days and uh, until now I have very often situations that when I'm passing through IBM people are saying hi and but they say, uh, hi, yeah. okay, <laughs> okay, you hired me, oh good, <laughs> you are still here. So I experienced the same when we staffed uh, the project that we were together in uh, and also uh, in uh, some time ago I did, uh, I, I played the role of a business analyst. Mm-hmm. And I made in three days uh, for for a large oil uh, a petroleum company. I mean, I did in in three days around forty interviews, just to collect all the stories yeah. of the users using a certain solution. So yeah. it can be pretty damaging for your brain uh, yes. to say the same story over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. And to make it sound natural, because at a certain point you you don't believe it. You know, it's not because it's not true. But you said it so many times that yeah, it sounds mechanical. strange to you. Yeah, sounds it's, very strange. It's mechanical. To you. That's true. So that's uh, pretty impressive uh, to, to, to see how, how everything started and uh, I don't know, you are uh, now almost 4,000 people or uh, how many, uh, how many over, people? Over 4,000 4, people. Yeah. It's really impressive. Uh, yeah, and until uh, I think last year I was one of the oldest managers from the stash in, uh, uh, and experienced in the delivery center because there were a few managers taken from Romania, no, from Hungary. From Hungary, okay. There, were, uh, there was one which now it's uh, DP, and the other were gone. That's a problem, not a problem, it's the reality in uh, such large companies, yeah, you see a lot of rotation, so exactly. you can count on one hand people that uh, mm-hmm. stay for 10 years or more, so. Yeah. Especially so. in East Europe, because I've seen in uh, the Western Europe the story is different, so. Yeah. yeah, so that's how I became a manager, and I went through the few teams. As the uh, delivery center was uh, growing, so you are you can imagine how fast you change the teams. They are just splitting, 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 and then uh, one moment I got proposal to to build up a team for Swiss company insurance company. Uh, further on, I realized I did exactly the same like with Taxut. Yeah. So it was building the team from the scratch in six months and uh, making the full handover from customer because they were just closing their IT departments. So I built it up, I ran it, and then I switched to another team after a while. Yeah, and that's how it looked like. So I had like already at least one year of experience of building up a new delivery team from the yeah. scratch. So it's uh, always a weird story when you have to take over from uh, somebody that has to hand over because you know to you basically take their jobs and uh, yeah. it's uh, always painful huh? and it can happen to you anytime yeah. also. So, But that's life. Huh? What you can do? What can you do? Yeah. Cool. I mean, uh, this always fascinates me, people that are building from ground uh, stuff, you know, this is uh, really impressive. Uh, yeah, especially if you have to stuff and transition at the same time. Yeah, yeah. but that's uh, uh, that's IBM, so yeah, and also it will take everything from you. If you have something to give, they will take it from you. So. And in that Swiss product, uh, we had to also stop the mainframe people. 
Okay. <laughs> so, Tough resources to find. Yeah, uh, so it was Winter, Unix, Mainframe, Tivoli, so all the different uh, skills, whatever you could imagine. But the Mainframe, I think it was the toughest one. And the challenge we had was that uh, uh, people were, we were told to st uh, staff the first level team, so some knowledge about the Mainframe, where we realized that customer is expecting a second level Mainframe. So that was really painful okay, experience. Okay. Small, uh, <laughs> small challenge. <laughs> small misunderstanding. Uh. Yes, but we managed. Okay. So, how did you arrive in our beloved project? Uh, <laughs> so we have to uh, tell people that are listening. Uh, maybe, I don't know if there are people in the project, uh, they will uh, know what we are talking about. But for people that are not necessarily in the project, I made in the a small introduction uh, I uh, hinted towards what we are doing. So basically, mm -hmm. we are doing a project uh, that keeps alive the customs of Europe. So, and this is something that uh, I think we are both very proud of. Uh, how did oh, you yes. arrive in this project? Uh, so I can tell you my story, but uh, I, that's I don't for know. for another. That's for another. <laughs> yes, uh, another uh, discussion. Uh. So uh, after the Swiss company, I was managing the other team. So uh, that was uh, first level operations team. And after building it up and stabilizing, um, there was uh, one day I got a proposal from my appliner. He asked me, can you come? I have some nice thing to do, uh, to talk to you about. And uh, yeah, he said to me, yeah, this is the presentation. Please go through it. It's a tax suit. New customer, very challenging. We are looking to that somebody will build it up. Was it's the announcement chance. made about uh, winning the project or was the... No. Not okay. at all. I, I just got the papers, just read it, and that's an interesting opportunity which is just opening. Yes. So that was more or less sold this way. I opened the presentation, I looked, I had no clue what I'm reading because there were some charts, some some taxes, some mystery uh, codings. Uh, it, uh, it was really... Uh, very strange. Then we I have to say that uh, Taxud is a strange world. Huh? You, yes. You have to take a bit by bit to understand uh, it's not uh, opening I, itself. Uh, exactly. And I did not have much time to think about it mm -hmm. uh, because we just had like two, three days to make a decision because it was apparently already getting red and very advanced in uh, getting to start. And I think after two or three days of thinking and small discussions around, I said, okay, that could be something what I'm looking for because my current role, current team became very stable and very routine. So I said, okay, I will take the challenge. And you had no idea what we were getting into. So mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> did you have an interview with somebody from, uh, from no. so our customer uh, uh, for us, it's actually IBM Belgium, we have to say this. Uh, so you, yes. you did not have any kind of interview? No, there was no interview. I was just, they were just waiting for my decision if I would pick it up. And then I think Bart got the information. This is Gosha. She will do it now for you. Okay. So, so if you have to sum up in uh, what what tempted you about the project? Uh, the first time you, when you read read it, it was the novelty or because um, I can tell you what tempted me. But then again, this is for another time. <laughs> but what makes you make you take such a decision? Uh, I think just this opportunity. I mean, it was something new. Uh, I think the manager was capable to sell it in the really good way. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's something what I had some experience already from the previous uh, team. Um, but uh, also I thought it's a pretty good pos possibility to make a further grow. 
because from there we were thinking either about going towards the appliner or towards the delivery managers or DPE. So this was something that could match different uh, career paths. And I think that was the most tempting thing where you could think that, okay, these doors are opening and I will see what's behind and I will just, but from the behind I can take the path which I would like. Okay. So I think this was the, the thing which uh, was the most tempting. So here you are uh, at another beginning, uh, sort of speaking, from from ground, huh? because there yes. was nothing. Uh, yeah. I still remember that we started with a core of four people, mm-hmm. and we were looking at the staffing plan, because uh, these kind of projects are, uh, are uh, staffed ag- uh, according to a staffing plan, and we were scratching our head. Uh, we, we had uh, three months, I think, to staff around 40 people, which seemed improbable at that point in time. Uh, Yes, yeah, so and so I cannot imagine how, how was it was going because you had, had fifty more something. Fifty something, yeah. And then I started really to scratch my head because actually I was alone from the management, and there was no help practically. I was left totally alone. I got a small group of people, which I was told these are the best of the best. I had to trust the managers yeah. that these are the best of the best. Uh, and uh, then I looked at the figures. And I hope they were, they were not best of the best from the bench. Uh. They were best of the best okay. from the bench. <laughs> <laughs> at least some of them, but okay. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, this is what I got. And then I opened, the, I remember the demand uh, file. And I looked at the things which at least I knew the best. So it was like monitoring winter Unixes. I looked at the monitoring. I've seen five people to be staffed. I fought 24 by 7 and I said, what? It didn't work. And the the, the math was people. not... A, yeah. Five people. This was the estimation of... Uh, initial estimation of the monitoring team. Yeah. For 24 by 7. I said, wow, that's not possible. <laughs> but we are famous for uh, doing uh, such offerings. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. But this was really... The, the going through the demands, that was really... Uh, but that means for that for us was much easier huh? because we are four. So suddenly when you are four... We are four in the core team. I mean, we are yes. hand, hand-picked, selected for people that they trusted that they can build a team. So I think we had an advantage. Uh, a bit of, if I, if I think of that right now. Yeah, I, I was practically alone. So, so I was left to, to build it up. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I had to do, it was to report to the higher management how we are doing. So was it scary for you or not really? But if you... If you started with the delivery center, then uh, stuffing a project to become. I think it was not a... so scary. I was just more unsure what kind of work we are getting to, and uh, I think the biggest challenge started when after I realized what I have to stuff and how many people I have and how many people I have to get, then some transition managers came and said, "Hey, in two weeks we have to start the education. Where are your people?" <laughs> I know, I know how it goes. <laughs> so I think that was the moment when uh, I really thought, oh shit. Oh shit. Actually, uh, I was telling you uh, before this uh, recording that I went to the uh, legacy uh, leadership training and uh, basically the trainer told the leaders in that room that uh, life is made of two things of oh yes moment and oh shit moments you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that was an oh shit moment uh, that was oh shit moment definitely <laughs> yeah so how was the recruiting uh, for such a large project uh, I, I have to say that uh, for, for the romanian team 
I was really, really, really impressed with the with the recruiting team of the delivery center. Like you, mean heavy machine of recruiting. You cannot imagine the 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 funnel that they created to staff the project. Because we were not keeping up with the interviews that they were arranging for us. You know. Yeah, so lucky you. For us, it was. Uh, I asked to get the people. There were no people available, or very few fuel in the market. Uh, I remember some Belgians pushed me, you need to hire, you need to hire, of course. hire, of course. Escalations of escalations, escalations, escalations. Then it started to, I started to realize that I'm, I am not the escalated person, just organization is being escalated. But at the end, it was me who had to deliver the reports and I was really angry <laughs> to say it politely that I had to spend the time or building up a reports and action plan how to staff the team while I had to on the same time do the interviews with yes, the people yes. so I really you had to do, do it all uh, yeah so, so when it went to the top management of course at the end at the bottom was me who had to prepare the reports participate in the meetings explain how we are progressing and I had a one-man show. Uh, yeah, and then I had to say we are not progressing. Why well, we are not progressing? Because I am preparing these reports, <laughs> right? Because there was nobody else who could pick up the managerial interviews because I was the only manager. Uh, I got then some proposals that some managers can make me interview, but apparently all the managers were busy. So I got like one-time offer. I can do you one interview out of one hundred. So so that practically a peanuts and. Uh, the same was when we had these escalations, I started to, it was funny, I started to walk across the floor on the DC and we had the long corridors, you know them. Yeah. And some managers seeing me at the they other side, <laughs> they were just taking the laptops and running away. <laughs> because Gosha is the coming. Yeah, exactly. So, so that was like, oh no, it's her again. No, 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 we don't have anybody. <laughs> So that was really... Uh, uh, that means that for us it was uh, working the park. I mean, it was difficult, but everybody was uh, working hard. So everybody, I was really impressed. And it's something that I told the HR team uh, repeatedly. And I also recognized them for this. So it was amazing what they did. Uh, it was purely amazing. So we staffed 80% of the team, so around 30 people. We staffed in two months or something like this, which is... Impossible for us. Yes, but nobody... I mean, if you look from outside, if you, if you start from scratch and you have to do something like this, it seems impossible. I mean, when, when I first saw what they wanted us to do, I said, it's not possible. I mean, it's on paper, but it's not possible. But then uh, it, was, uh, it was... yeah. When you get focus and you get uh, a good recruiting team, it's amazing what they can do for you. Yes, our recruiting team was busy also with the building center, so yeah. they had uh, maybe not the same objectives as we did. I'm sure there was a manage, uh, management focus on this one, because later on the experience was not, was, was, was a normal experience, was not the extraordinary experience that but we But also what, what disturbed us was that uh, the account came under the ITS, mm -hmm. which on one side was special, but ITS did not exist in Wrocław. So for a couple of months, I think three, so the most critical one, I did not even have a planner who could help me. Yeah. So I was directly working with the... And I our, think you also had a freeze, huh? Yeah, we had the freezes and uh, different things of, uh, which Just could like pop in, up. Uh, like in uh, the, how do, how do I say in English, uh, the stories from childhood, you know? Yeah. When you have to overcome obstacle obst after obstacle. Yeah. Uh, so. So, so they, yeah, they didn't make it easy for you, so... Yeah, so uh, I was pretty, I think, often at the CEO office, 
and that's that's really also thanks to help of escalation yeah because the escalation helped a lot to make the right attention but then we started to send people for the trainings and then we stepped into the next challenge or funny story because when you send so many people in the trainings it's a nightmare huh? logistically uh, speaking it's logistically uh, speaking nightmare then uh, you have to go through the tons of exception it's end of the year when everybody is putting the freezes and who cares about tax that they want to send people for the training for three months and then of course when people started to book uh, the travels they start they they were under pressure time pressure and they did not look correctly on the policies so very often they booked the business class and yeah. they did not realize that yeah. so then they were coming back and say oops i cannot reimburse so at one moment our cfo was laughing to me that she will make me a kpi on the amount of failed request uh, of travel booking, yeah. bookings yeah we are very lucky again uh, because um, uh, besides the HR team, we got assigned uh, uh, a PMO, a, pro a project manager officer, uh -huh. and somebody that was again amazing. Uh, so she was organizing everything uh, for, for the travel, uh -huh. making sure that everybody made the right bookings and uh, so on. So we had a lot of challenges uh, where we had to extend the travel. We so had to... I did not have anybody to help me with travels. So it was on me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I cannot imagine how that was because for us it was a really stressful even as such eh? because you have to on, on one hand yeah you have people traveling I had people that uh, left for one week and stayed one month yeah. and you have to arrange eh, for these people to have a decent experience yeah. um, if they take their time and they spend their time in travel uh, I mean it's it's nothing glamorous about uh, business yeah. travel uh, as uh, maybe some people would imagine uh, you have to work uh, so uh, this first months were really a challenge so yeah. i had hiring travel and transition team which was coming to me and saying where are my people i said waiting for hiring so that was more or less like that and i remember we were sending random people for the trainings because the trainings were happening only once you remember that yeah yeah so very often people were just going there to, to make a notes and later on give the knowledge back. But of course, they did not understand very often what was on the training. Yeah. So notes were not... But honestly, it was not because of the notes or because of the people. So trainings, those trainings were... Yeah, on one side, yes. But on the other side, if you send somebody from service management from the, for the more technical training, yeah, yeah sure, just to sure. make a notes, that doesn't yeah, make a sense. So of course, yeah. we had also at that time the escalations first escalations from customer that we are sending not the right quality people, they do not have ex expected sure. knowledge and so on and so on. So sure, sure. Next, Everybody was next thing to my <laughs> desk. <laughs> yeah, so this is how uh, the ITSM1, ITSM2 takeover started, huh? Yeah, I still remember a funny thing. So just for the people that maybe are not familiar, uh, uh, we had uh, almost one year of uh, takeover. Which IBM committed to do in uh, six months, because one for year was for ITSM two, yeah, yeah, and then for CCN plus three months, plus three months. So we, in the end, we compressed one year in nine months, yes, which is a nice number, yeah, of months. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. how long it takes to burn a baby. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> and in Poland we had to stuff uh, all the infrastructure, mm -hmm. so Windows, Unixes, network. Storage even did, was not planned on the demand, just to make you yeah, yeah. think on, on how the demands were built, because storage was not there. So we did not foresee any storage. Databases, so all these uh, profiles, plus whole service management, monitoring, 
and the service desk. Yeah, a small project covering oh, no, the full spectrum of yeah, ideas. Just, just a piece of cake. It didn't have development, so we have to be honest yeah. about this. Yeah, so so that, that was, didn't have that only was operations. The, that was so. the beginning of, of our... What do you remember about the takeover? Uh, uh, you mean about going live? No, about the takeover. Uh, what is your most pregnant memory about uh, takeover, about doing uh, the transition and... Uh, mess. A mess, okay. <laughs> mess and chaos. Lots pressure from everywhere. Yeah, but on the other side, I felt that we had a sense of doing something important. Because there was this momentum when people were really committed, at least the ones who were already boarded, and they did everything what possible to make these things happen. And I think that was that was really nice. They were accepting absolutely crazy challenges. And I still remember, I will say the name Cosma, which we all know, when uh, we recruited him to the winter team. And I remember the welcome day when I know, okay, today is, mm -hmm, Cosma is coming. I make went your, to welcome day. Uh, I said, Cosma, hi, this is Gosia. Hmm, in three days, I need you to be in Brussels yeah. because you take the training. And Cosma looked at me and said, uh -huh, okay, I will just check at home and I will let you know. And three days later, he was in Brussels. We did the, the same. Yeah. We did the same. Yeah. So this was really great that people were. It's amazing what people can do if, yes, uh, if so they feel committed. Yeah. yeah, that was really great. And I think we we have to be really how to say in English uh, proud. Yeah, yeah. Proud of uh, of of this what they did because uh, some people for some part of the projects were really living in Brussels. Yeah, they spent. Uh, we had the same. Here. We had yes, the same. Brussels and Luxembourg. Uh, it sounds uh, again. If you if you're looking from outside, sounds uh, maybe nice. But uh, to work, uh, especially during uh, autumn and winter, it's uh, not a great location to be in. So. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's 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 for sure. And uh, really, I uh, I I don't know how we did that. Yeah. And also, uh, as uh, Wasif says, uh, which is the project executive of this project, uh, it's amazing what uh, what the human being can uh, can do, uh, yeah. and uh, how resilient we are. Uh. Definitely. So, so we, uh, this is what I remember, and this I think this commitment and this fun which we had uh, was really nice. I remember still before the takeover, to which probably will come in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> but before that, I want to talk a bit about. Um, the first time we've met. Uh, yeah, just in moments so In face to face, because uh, on in the face phone. To face, yes. Uh, it was our meeting in Poland. It was the summit in Poland. Yes, it was um, a very nice initiative which we abandoned, uh, unfortunately. In two thousand fourteen. In two thousand fourteen. <laughs> After making it in Romania yeah. and Poland. <laughs> uh, Romania and Poland. We were kidding last night that uh, Belgium did not have the guts to organize such a <laughs> yes. such a meeting. So we did something that was called a summit. Yeah. In which the middle, the top management, the middle management of the project was getting together to synchronize and to, to yeah. exchange. And that, that back then, I think it was March two thousand and thirteen, yeah, February, something. March yeah, of just February. something before cutover. Yes, that's right, Two right before the cutover uh, uh, period, we've met in uh, first time in Poland, uh, and I yeah. still remember when we first met uh, in the in lobby. In the hotel. Of, yeah, in the lobby yeah. of the ah, hotel. I uh, remember yes. that. I, I think I went to to meet you and just shake the hands. Yes. So there was but you looked really, really tired. Uh, okay. And you said, I'm tired and I, I would <laughs> stay with you, but I cannot. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, that's, that's when we first met indeed. Yeah.
was an interesting. Uh, interesting and then we uh, had the presentations, which I said I will tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so we did this presentation. I can tell you how uh, how uh, so the idea was the each each uh, team member was supposed to give a presentation on a fixed. Uh, template uh, yeah so uh, the project executive of the project uh, was not leaving these two chains what do you remember about those presentations because I, I can give you uh, my version of the of how i saw the presentation mm, i think i told you already <laughs> so uh, i do not remember much from the summit except meeting the people and one slide of which you did yeah. which perfectly explained uh, feelings in Poland but we never dare to say this I must tell it, <laughs> sorry uh, so uh, this was really funny because at the end of the presentation one slide was showing a donkey and, and the uh, horse and a very nice horse uh, yeah, very nice horse both uh, were, were uh, pictures taken by me on the mountain So okay, I didn't know that yeah. so the horse was like uh, with the signature this is how we would like to be seen yes and the donkey was uh, this is how everybody sees and treats us yeah. something like yes, that yes. and then i thought well finally somebody said loudly what we feel <laughs> so this is what i remember from the summit i can tell you what i remember from the summit uh, i remember that uh, we are we are in panic mode i mean the full romanian team was in a in a state of panic that you cannot imagine uh, the mindset uh, we were we were just not feeling ready. I mean, mm -hmm. it was looking green uh, for us. Uh, so all our presentations were in red, <laughs> and the message that we we gave there was a, a, a panicked message. I don't know how it was perceived by the management of the project, but for us, we were just saying it was kind of a disclaimer for us from us <laughs> that everything can happen and <laughs> things will go wrong. You know. Because okay. this was the, what we well, were that reminds me something, because I remember when we were talking, when we met in this lobby of the hotel, yeah. I, I now recall we had a discussion with Mikey, yeah, Mike, uh, about, uh, he was asking there about what is, where is our DOU between Poland and Romania, and I said, what DOU do you want? And then he said, yeah, how, how, you are go how we are going to, make a man to manage P1? And I, having experience from the DC, I said, normally, that's, that's not a problem. We make this, this, this and that, and we manage. And he said, where is our DOU? No, we, are just, we, are, we are not making sense back then, uh, yeah, at so that so moment in time. And later on, <laughs> we started to come to us, but back then, we were, uh, we were just panicked. Uh, yeah, but that, that's something that I just reminded. Uh, it was really uh, interesting when I realized that we are really talking from... First time I realized we are talking from the different organizations yeah, yeah. with different experience. And unfortunately, we stayed different organizations. Uh, but, but that's by IBM's design. Uh, so, um, but we merged the experience. The experience was, uh, <laughs> it was indeed uh, common. So, um, go live for the ITSM2 project was uh, April's full, 1st of April 2013. I think, I, 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 I still think that was uh, uh, the final irony, you know, just to go live <laughs> on the 1st of April. And yeah. also it was uh, the, the Easter for Catholics. Uh, oh, so we did not have Easter then. Yeah, it was Easter. Christmas. Yeah, it was Easter. Oh. I, I remember oh. perfectly because the first day was really silent for us. Okay. Uh, and uh, our, our Easter was in two weeks. Because there is a difference between the Catholic one and the, the Orthodox one, uh, and I thought, what kind of irony is uh, is that uh, to to start on April's full? But yeah, that it, it was it. How yeah. how was the first day? Uh, I will tell you uh, next time how was our first day because I remember I remember it vividly. How was your first day? Uh, 
And before I go to first day, I will stay uh, two or three days before. Uh, so uh, monitoring was not in the shape which we would like to be. Yeah. Uh, so I called my people who were from my old monitoring team who were really helping to uh, shape everything for this monitoring guys who were not really sure what they have to do. So I really remember when uh, the guys were uh, planning that they will stay over the night and all sleep there to support these guys who were first time staying on the night shifts. So that was one of the panic modes which we had before, but okay, managed. Then I think three or four days before we did a team party just to uh, celebrate still this last moment before we go live. Yeah. So we went to the pub uh, and again, one of the people, maybe I will not tell the name, came with a t-shirt and in the back there was written, I see dead servers. I see that service. Yeah. <laughs> we Which is over. a nice reference to a Bruce Willis movie. Huh? Yeah, exactly. So it people. was, wow, I see that service. Hopefully that's not our future. So, But we had a lot of fun. And then uh, on the day of uh, Katover, actually it was on the, what was the, the 31st, March, Yeah, the right? 31st, but at midnight. Uh, uh, the so I remember we did with Magda Nakonyeczna then. And we said, okay, we cannot leave these guys just in the room, uh, starting without anything. And we gathered a few people. We make some small uh, things on the wall to, oh, this is your first April, mm. and so on. So we made kind of decoration of the room. We brought some small cakes, some... Uh, more festive than us. So. Drinks. <laughs> and we did nothing of it. Yeah, so, so we said we will stay for these first moments with our monitoring team, that they really feel it. I remember still we did the photos. I have no clue where they are. Probably some people still have them in the archive. We did the first photos, yeah, that's the 1st of April, uh, the time of the cutover, and then the Czechia showed the red alert. Yeah. <laughs> so that, and we even made a photo of that, but it was immediately disappearing, so we said, Ooh, so we are safe, right? So, and I think it was for, uh, no, it was not for, it was something for Czechia, I remember, but uh, there were first alerts and we were, okay, it was like two or three minutes after the midnight first alert so appeared. Work starts. Uh, work starts. And I remember Wasif was saying that uh, he was really stressed if something will happen, but yes, we survived. Of course. With well, that team. We with had a good team, people. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, that's, so. that's the, the cutover day. So what do we remember about the first three months? You know, uh, I read a book which is called The First 90 Days. Mm -hmm. I have it. And which um, there is a guy that says that the first 90 days is the are the most important days from a large project that you start. Even if it's the US presidency, for example, mm -hmm. is the that is the period where you shape out actually you can shape out your mandate and it's very important to start with the with the right leg. I think we started with the right leg. First days I remember plenty of people on the floor because nobody believed that we were going to make it. Yeah. So we had uh, plenty of support on the floor. Uh, and management attention. And, uh, not only management, we had uh, project managers uh, on the floor, we had people from ITSM1 which were asked yeah, to join yes, us. Yes. Uh, we had people from Intrasoft joining us, so there were, there were plenty of different people running and helping our people to get 
up to the speed in the real life because as you remember we did not get accesses yeah. before cutover I think that's we one of the strange things of this project that uh, you you, are, you have to, to take over but you are never allowed to touch anything until exactly. the, the go live day everybody was thinking are you stupid you don't access the systems what are you going to oh, learn on the systems I will tell you that uh, at a certain point uh, Steven Strobe who used to be the, the transition uh, manager for, uh, for ITSM2 Asked me if you, if we are ready, and I told him, "Well, Stephen, we didn't install and tested anything until now, so <laughs> you draw your own conclusions." So. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so yeah, this strange. is what I remember. Uh, of course, the biggest pressure was on the service desk because uh, I think that was the biggest exposure, and we were not sure how uh, how the people will handle it. Yeah. So that's why we had, I think, two people permanently sitting with us uh, to support with in case of any ticket which we do not understand how to handle. Uh, infra, I think, was managing much better, and basically everybody was just doing the thing in a natural way. In a natural way, but on the other side, we were still in the training mode for the CCN, so we could not really. Yes. The transition was not over. The, the trans because we at that time cut over only the ITSM part, so the like half of the service. And everybody was expecting the worst with the CCN takeover. But that was a very weird uh, thing to do to continue the transition because everybody was already focused on actually working. Yes, and we continued the transition and, and with CCN. Yeah, in reality, the transition was continuing and we had to do stuff for CCN and uh, it was difficult to get people uh, focused on, yeah. on the transition. Uh, so, first three months, I remember a lot of people and continuing transition until July 1st, where we had a CCN cutover. Yeah. Which was also interesting because I think you remember what happened at that day. Mm. We are not that involved in uh, in uh, CCN cutover. Uh. Croatia was going live of first July. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you remember? The ascension of uh, everybody remembers. So, uh, yeah, and then we learned yes. what does it mean uh, I have to break a, the servers. <laughs> I have on my script here uh, to ask you about uh, what are your biggest losses on, in this project, uh, I don't know how to say it in English, but, uh, mm -hmm. the most uh, important defeats, for me Croatia is one of them, uh, in, uh, we took that over, it was never considered uh, as being in scope of the takeover, and we had to come up with a plan without having any idea what, what ascension yeah. of a new country in the Euro European, in the, in the single market and the customs union means. Yeah, and we were taking the CCN and Croatia going live, so yeah. jo being joined to the EU system. But and there I have to say that uh, we did it. I mean, uh, yeah, so, so that was fixed. At that time we also learned what does it mean uh, message in Reuters. Yes, about we, made the it, we made it on the <laughs> news, uh, on the big news. Uh, yeah, we, we make uh, our cutover for CCN pretty uh, spectacular. Yes. But what I remember from after that, uh, when there was already running this uh, noise about the tears standing. Uh, yeah. We have at, to say the that uh, we, we managed to, to provoke uh, uh, lines of, uh, of uh, trucks uh, for yeah. long as uh, 15 kilometers, 20 kilometers, just because uh, we had a glitch in the. Yeah. yeah. So, so then I think week after, I went to Brussels for the, some meetings. Uh, this weekly, bi-weekly meetings, or weekly at that time still, and I remember now it was like nine days later. I'm sitting in uh, already in the hotel, and Croatia is down again. Yeah, and, and that was the cutting of the both wires, 
uh, at the edge of the Croatia, so the Croatia was isolated totally. Yes, yes, yes. I remember so, that. So, yeah. so it was also really how 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 big chances you have to catch the big issue of the same country in uh, just one week. Yes. Blame it on the. And I I remember I I was so starving at that time and I sit in the it was uh, the Novotel restaurant. You could not disconnect uh, the, no, the food was I, getting no, cold and. Uh, yeah. No, it was even not the food. I was just sitting and chatting because uh, there was a chat open to, to fix yeah. it. And I ordered something from the menu which looked like chicken. Then I, I just looked, oh, chicken, okay, can it, it can be. But then it looked like there was something that I really didn't enjoy, but I had to eat it. Yeah. So so that was really what I remember from Croatia second time. <laughs> but that was really, uh, I think, our biggest challenges at the beginning. Yeah. So... What about the biggest uh, wins? Wins? I think the, that thing I that think we are still here. Yeah, actually yes, after five years. Uh, and you know what is our biggest wins? win? 48 or 49 months yes. with the positive GQI. With the positive GQI, for people that don't know what GQI is, and hopefully <laughs> they will never find out. So that we are always green. <laughs> this is how we are measured, yeah. So, yeah, so positive so. GQA, uh, 40, how many? 40? 49 months. I 49 think. months is really impressive. I think it's unprecedented. Uh, exactly. So, so month to month, we never failed. Yeah. And let's oh, stop yes. here. We failed, uh, <laughs> but uh, not, uh, yeah. so not hard not enough to, to, exactly. to be penalized. And that's uh, really amazing, an amazing performance of the team. Uh. Yeah, and if you ask about the biggest wins, wins wins uh, I think uh, the things which we delivered because uh, for those who doesn't remember just after cutovers we started to plan to move the data centers yeah so move uh, our uh, largest project back in 2000 and end of 2013 uh, beginning yeah, of and I remember they asked us to do it by I think March 2014 yes, yes. because the contract was ending and, uh, and then they said why not to make it by December yes. so we started to shrink the time why not <laughs> challenge accepted right so, so yes. then we started just after the cutover of uh, uh, CCN we started yeah. to make uh, projects for DC relocation, we finished one DC relocation, we started the second one of yeah. the CCN one, so, so these are the wins. Humongous work, uh, I mean, impressive and impressive effort for the full team. Uh, Actually yesterday we were discussing that uh, in the evening, that uh, this project of the DC relocation was really uh, very, very challenging. It's, yeah, and I think it's a trademark for the project. Uh, yes, and these data centers are still running. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's really something what we have as a big win. What about the touchy moment? Uh, do you have a touchy moment that you remember? Touchy moment. Depends on what you think. A moment that uh, really stayed uh, with your heart. Uh, that was uh, really emotional. Uh. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> okay. I think now it's it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty touchy moment, but yeah. I think we are always too much, too busy yeah. to have very touchy moments. I mean, each success is a touchy moment. So so all the things which we had somehow as a failure, somehow where we survived when we showed that we are good one, even if we screw something. I think this is really the moment where you look at the team and make a reflection. Wow, we have really 
good people and that uh, these people are here because I helped them, the management yeah. helped them, we did it and we are where we are. So I think these are these moments where you think about the, the touchy moments where, where you really consider what you uh, achieved. Did you ever felt uh, overwhelmed? I have to say that myself. Many times. Yeah, <laughs> myself also. Uh, there are moments when I, I really felt I, could, I cannot go on. Uh, but then indeed, it's like you say, uh, you're surrounded by people. Yeah. And uh, they will pull you out. Uh. Yes. Sometimes you have to pull them out. Uh, other times they, they will pull you out. And uh, sometimes so. you don't understand some statements, some decisions, some help. You think, okay, that's help. Thank you very much for that help. But I think we are also surrounded by the good people, from yeah. not only from our, I mean, from Poland, from Romania, Belgium, who are really caring about us. So, so that's so true. I mean, uh, for me, I, if I if I were to to mention something, it's always this uh, the human side of the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, if I look on that uh, uh, from uh, the human side. Uh, I remember one moment when we, I was really frustrated. One of the many moments normally yes. I tried not to show it. And then there was from Tudor, Gosha, are you okay? I hear something is wrong. Yeah. So this is really something when you feel that we are the team and that somebody knows you already good enough to realize that there is something wrong and But maybe you might need uh, help. I heard it in your voice. I, I, st- I remember that moment. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was in a, in a leadership call uh, when I felt yeah, yeah, something, was, something was off. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so there it was, was not a Goshe I knew. So. Yeah, so, so that's, that's really a touchy moment yeah. when you can say that it's not only the work, but we are bu- building the relationship. Yeah. So. so, you are going to leave both IBM on the project. Uh, What what made you take this decision? Uh, if you don't feel comfortable to talk about it, no problem. Uh, Do you know how... No, you know how long I'm at IBM. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's already 12 years and some people say that... And five years only in this project. And five uh, years in, in this project, but okay. Some people were laughing in the past that if you are longer than five years, that's almost like in the jail. Yeah. That you could finish your punishment. <laughs> but that's, that's a side comment. But uh, yeah, basically it's a family reason. Uh, so my husband is uh, working in another country and I thought okay it's also time to change something uh, so that's a decision okay so that's that's why I said it's time to, to go and try something new but also from the development perspective for, for myself I think it's pretty healthy to do something in another environment in another uh, structures with maybe different or less processes so something that can put you out of the comfort zone i read a book which is called up the organization mm-hmm. uh, written by a guy which is called uh, robert uh, townsend mm-hmm. and this guy was the the um, he's an iconic figure uh, he's the one that uh, made avis uh, what is today uh, the, the competition of hertz uh, mm-hmm. so back in the 60s so up the organization is a is a book with rules for leaders Yeah. And one of the rules that he mentions there is that uh, no leader should stay in the same position for longer than five years. Yeah. Because and he says you're, you're just losing your, your, uh, your magic in five years. Everybody starts to know you, everybody starts to know how you think mm-hmm. and so on. So it's more and more difficult for you to, 
push the changes and to, so yeah, that's a challenge. So, um, if you think uh, um, to an alternative future in which you would have stayed in uh, ITSM3 operations, which is the next cycle, next eight-year cycle for the current contract that we are handling, what would you change? What would I change? Wow, that question I didn't expect. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can tell you what I could change, what I would change, but uh, that's for you, for your story. That's for my story. Yes. Uh, I can say what I can keep for sure. I would keep majority of the people because uh, this is what we have as a really great, and that that helps uh, to to grow the uh, the project. Uh, I would possibly try to put somehow the calmness and reducing of the chaotic things which are popping up. I know it's hard, especially in the application management, mm -hmm. and, but unfortunately uh, this is really something what I think brings everybody to the edge mm -hmm. and the fact that we are always running after something, not just looking for something. So that's we are just very often under the fire and that's, that's something that I would like to, to change. Unfortunately that goes on many areas, so, so that would have to be really a big activity or reflection to be done how the things could be changed. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how it's possible uh, because that for sure would require also some work towards the, the customer but I think at least with the service desk in the past we were, we proven that we were capable to change customer mindset. I remember still that we did uh, the huge change of the mass mail templates where mm -hmm. we had some voices no, not possible, you are really joking, we tried to do it in the past for many years, that was not working, not possible and apparently we did it. It mm -hmm. took of course a few months of discussions, of uh, alignments, but we were capable to change the way customer agreed to work with us, to also ease our lives. So change is possible? Uh... So I think it's, it's possible, but it has to be somehow properly communicated and addressed and to show also the benefit for them. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's something what I would think to change in ITSM3. Because of course the ITSM3 will bring a lot of changes in the organization, in the model of working, but that's the design. But maybe I would try to work more towards customer, towards making somehow uh, changing of the mind and showing that there is something modern and that the changes are possible. Okay, okay. Um, do you think ITSM3 has potential? Or uh, how do you see it? Um, is it going to be greater than uh, ITSM2 or uh, is it not going to be greater than ITSM2? How do you feel it? Uh, just gut feeling, uh, don't uh, rationalize it too much. Uh. I think it's not comparable. So, so it will be different because uh, we, uh, in ITSM2 we've taken the service from the different contractors. Uh, so we focused on consolidation and moving forward. So we did a big stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. In fact, we we reorganized the the DNA of how Taxot is working. Now it is established, and now it's growing. So ITSM Free will continue the journey on on growing, on developing new platforms, new systems, which will bring Taxot towards new modern technologies. I, I think but you're right. I, I never thought it like this, but I think you're right. So this was uh, the first five years were uh, were a pretty heavy stabilization phase. Yes. 
No. Now you have a strong foundation to build on. Uh, so, so, so you cannot compare it, in my opinion. It, I hope it will be a lot of fun still, like we did have in the uh, integration, but I think there will be a lot of challenges for mm -hmm. many people because uh, building such a complex platforms uh, which will support the whole European Union, it's something big. So, yeah. so you have to think big, but uh, you cannot compare it to the integration and this is what we did. True. So, I think it will be it will be interesting. For sure, it will be very challenging, but uh, I think it will be also very interesting for many people, and everybody can find something for for themselves. Cool. I have a tough one for you. Oh. <laughs> um, you're leaving IBM after 12 years. Mm -hmm. um, what would you would you say about IBM's future? Um, it's a great debate. I mean, at this point in time, uh, we have to say that uh, inside IBM there are a lot of discussions about uh, mm -hmm. the future and uh, how this is shaping out for us and uh, what's next for everybody and so on. Uh, if you look at the numbers, we are not looking good, mm -hmm. to be honest. I mean, uh, it's clearly that the shift that uh, we are currently executing is having some really serious challenges. But what would you say? Uh, do you believe uh, that uh, the the strategic imperative as, as IBM calls them, uh, do you think that they have a future or they...? I think they are going towards the niche which is not yet very much discovered, that's why it uh, takes a lot of investment and focus. I'm a bit afraid of losing the customer focus because that's also very visible, uh, especially in the operations. So. Uh, if you see where we are placed now with some high-level challenges which we get, uh, that's something uh, what in my opinion should never happen. It should be somehow transformed maybe towards uh, Watson's strategy, but basically we should never focus the, uh, lose the focus of the customer, mm -hmm. which we are doing now. Because but that's because uh, what we are doing now, IBM calls legacy, huh? So yes, it's a legacy. They want to go very much towards the modern uh, yeah. behavior. So high value markets, uh, high value markets. Yes, uh, we we are going to deliver the services, but we cannot forget that behind the services there are people. Yeah. At least that's my perception, and uh, I think you, even if you go to the shop, you would like to probably be served by the nice lady, which is really talking to you and can shake your hands and ask, "What do you want to do today?" Than uh, machine which will say, "Hi, how can I help you?" But that triggers an interesting question: What do you think about the future of the industry, of the IT industry? So everybody's scared now about the future, about the robots and. Uh, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Even if I am IT, I have a very old-fashioned uh, approach to that, uh, so I think we cannot forget about the legacy. We have to use the technology smart, because uh, with the amount of technology which is surrounding you now, it's very easy to forget that uh, this technology has somewhere the beginning, and the beginning is the power. If you turn off some systems, you are just standing like a naked. Imagine many people who were never in scouting or were never going to the wood with the paper map, and they are just using the GPS. Yeah. 
uh, when they will get without the GPS, they will get completely lost because they will just. It happened uh, to me. Huh? It happened to me. Yes, so. my phone is not working. Where are my Google Maps? Uh, where am I? Right? GPS. Where am I? Oh, street. Oh, what's the name of the street? That's something what people are forgetting because that's very easy to get into the technology. So, on one side, people are going very much towards these uh, new things, but. I'm really uh, for keeping still traditional things uh, that at least you have to have some foundation. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily that you should not use the technology because technology is good, you can save some time. Uh, but you have to keep about. Today we had this discussion at the dinner, remember, about uh, getting vacation without the mobile. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine that, that you just uh, go uh, to the mountains and do the photo with the traditional camera which doesn't have battery and you just have to put the standard film into that. Yeah. You do not have a mobile, you are totally disconnected and then you are coming back after two weeks and saying to your I, friends... I don't even know what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> it looks like. But What's that, a camera without a battery? So. Yeah, so this is what I'm saying. Uh, we are getting victims of the industry. Yeah. And uh, that's something that I don't like because even now when I'm going to the plane I have two, two mobile phones and I have a power bank with me because I will be watching movie in the plane yeah. and I'm afraid I will get out of the battery, right? If I ask you what is the telephone number to your mother or girlfriend? No idea. You have no idea because you just take a memory and you or you just... Anyway, to me the telephone numbers are old-fashioned, eh? so... Yeah, but this is the, the reality. So imagine that one day you are without the phone and you have to call somebody in emergency, you will get totally stuck. Yeah. So Which I got uh, last year when I uh, left for vacation. I crashed my phone and suddenly I had no money. Hmm? Yeah? See? <laughs> <laughs> so this is what I'm talking about. So I had to, to buy, a, to lend some money to buy a phone. And uh, yeah. This is how it works. So. so this is how I see the industry, future of industry. So it has to be because we cannot stop the progress. I think it's it's really good that there are a lot of new technologies, but we have to be very very smart how to use it, and we have to have a foundation. And for the jobs, for the jobs that we are currently doing. Yeah, Watson will take the first level yeah. operations. I think. To some extent, it will uh, the artificial intelligence will move uh, towards taking or automating some uh, work. Some customers will accept that uh, some work is not done. So I think there is some uh, acceptance compromise. Acceptance I someone compromise. that uh, we are now uh, we are we were in a post-industrial society, mm -hmm. in a services service-based society. Now we are in a cognitive society. So. Everything is changing around us, uh, and um, yeah. one of the major issues with this uh, leap is that uh, actually we, we continue to produce uh, or to educate people for the for the industrial society. And so the, the school system and the education system is done to produce resources, if we call uh, people resources, of course, which we do unfortunately, to produce them for the for the industrial society, which is not there anymore. Or it, anyway, it's much. Uh, uh, less visible and uh, larger than uh, large, uh, larger than it was before. So yeah, it is, but also on uh, if you look on the technological uh, progress, I recently visited several museums where you had a huge, really impressive uh, exhibitions which were supported by the computers, and you could really visualize 
the things which you normally read about. Yeah. So that was uh, I was really playing like with the puzzles uh, on the screens because everything was touchable. You could uh, really put some colors, think how to move something, how to build something. This is really cool because that helps, right? Mm -hmm. So so this is something where I think. Uh, the technology is going into the direct, right direction because you can really use the imagination. But uh, as we were uh, talking recently, uh, for example, about this design thinking, uh, now it's it's pretty trendy. Yes. Around it's IBM. It's going to be the main method of IBM. But if you think on that uh, from the roots, it's going to the question: What do you, as a person, want? Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, I. I had a mentor, uh, a service management mentor, which was called Ivor McFarlane, mm -hmm. who was uh, uh, explaining processes to, in a very nice way. He says the processes were always there, you know, were always there since the Romans and so on, which built uh, viaducts and uh, which conquered the world. And so they used processes. Mm -hmm. But it's always like uh, uh, we are rediscovering the wheel. I mean, now design thinking says, uh, like you said a few days ago, that uh, we have to go back to the customer to ask him what he wants. Yeah. Yes. So we are and rediscovering and the adjust wheel. Adjust to this requirement. And adjust to that requirement. Yeah. So, so in fact, you are not asking the machine, you are not asking uh, Watson what Tudor wants to have for breakfast, but I will go to you and ask what you do, do you want for breakfast. So we got uh, lost on the way a bit. Uh, yeah, so, so that's, that's where we are going. So on one side, we have a strong push on the industry on technologies, but on the other side, the agile, the design thinking, all these things are going to the root. Just yeah. get out of the computers, start to talk to the people, there are people around, not only chat. Yeah. I have another difficult question for you. <laughs> okay, you are it's getting more a question which uh, always uh, seemed stupid to me. Uh, where mm. do you see yourself in uh, a few years, in five years? In uh, Because now you are shifting. Uh, after uh, 12 years of IBM, it's going to be, I, 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 I remember well, uh, 12 years. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, it's going to be quite a shift and I can tell you I left IBM once and I, I got back and uh, you have a kind of a separation uh, uh, shock when you, when you leave IBM because even, you, if you, even if you don't notice it, around you there is an entire ecosystem built to, to support you, you know? yes. and then it's gone. Suddenly somebody takes that away I from you. Well, I feel naked. <laughs> and suddenly you, you don't have the tools that you are uh, accustomed for so many years. So where do you see yourself? In, uh, I know you're starting a new role. For sure I want to feel that I do something important. Okay. So not sure yet what it will be, but I think uh, over 12 years, as you say, you are surrounded by the tools, by things that can help you. But on the other side, these things are also limiting you a bit, or sometimes very often. And uh, what I look forward is to, to get some fun and some flexibility to achieve maybe the same results or similar results, because at the end, service management is almost everywhere the same. Project management is the same. So, so the basics is uh, something that you, uh, you do not change but you change the environment you work in. And uh, if uh, I have a possibility to use this knowledge and shape something and do something that can help to grow my future company, that I think I will feel that this is something that I accomplished. I do not have something in mind that, oh, I want to have own company or I want to go to the moon or whatever. 
I think I, I'm just in, in the moment where I would like to have this path that where I can benefit from my experience and do something where I will do some something for fun, but also something that will be meaningful. I have to tell you that uh, your answer scares me a bit. Uh, Why? Because if, if someone that uh, put uh, together a, a delivery center and a project like Taxot <laughs> said he wants, she wants to do something big, uh, that's a scary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we're pretty much at the end of uh, our time. Mm -hmm. uh, it took a bit longer than I expected, but it was a very, very nice discussion. So we can, I'm sure we can go on for days uh, uh, like this. With our experience, I'm pretty yeah. sure as well. <laughs> Thank you very much for sharing all these stories with us. Uh, um, and stay as Mrs. Wolf uh, as ever. Uh, <laughs> so Thank you to the rest. A lot of, uh, lot of good luck on, on your new path. Thank, Thank you, you and much. I must say, I didn't expect it would be such fun. Yeah, you fun. know, it's we were fun. discussing a bit how it will be. So, so I'm a delivery guy. What I promise, I will make it happen. <laughs> so. so, so keep it, and I hope uh, people who will be listening this will get some. I hope idea. they appreciate and they will uh, understand uh, what it took to build this. Uh, yeah, but I also from think ground. you are doing together with Vlad. Yeah, the pretty good thing that uh, you thought about this history and mm -hmm. the people to make it somehow visible to to the future I, I, as i explained i mean uh, for me it's even for for the documentary purpose it's it's mm -hmm. uh, has a lot of value if it's just for me it's still very valuable but i hope others would appreciate it i also. hope so <laughs> so thanks very much it was a really pleasure thank you